Good afternoon, everybody. How y'all doing? We're been, back. Been a long time, if you remember us. Yeah. We are Two Dope Teachers with a Mic. That's right. So we're here in studio. Well, yes. Kind of. Kind of in studio. Near the studio. Uh, Kev, will you? Studio adjacent. Yeah. Will you? <laughs> um. Will you set the scene for um, everybody? Yeah. So we came to get into our studio, and the door was locked. <laughs> and so now we are literally just sitting right out in front of our studio. Yeah. And you it, might notice it sounds look, a little more spacious. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come over here really quick. If, if you were to look inside, you'd see there's a bunch of flags on the floor. We've got flags. The clocks that were there before. The clocks are still there. The clocks are still there. Clocks have access to the studio. We do not. That's right. There is a mural. I believe it's an older mural from our time. Yes. Years ago at the school. And... There are two folding chairs. Note that our table is gone. Our table has been taken away. It's gone. We cannot get into Two Dope Studios yeah. right now. We're wondering if someone's trying to send us a message overall about our production. Yeah, and maybe it's that we've been gone for such a long time. People just were kind of like, well, I guess they're not coming back. I guess they've moved on to a better studio. That's right, and... Uh, and we have not. We have not. We're back. <laughs> we're slightly in worse shape than we were before. Yeah, yeah. So we are back. We're back. It's kind of good it's, to be it's back. It's October 23rd. Man, it, it's. I don't even want to know how long it's been. I feel like it's been like two months. <laughs> we're done with one quarter. We're done with a quarter at our school. 25% of the school year gone. That's it. It how, goes how's, fast. How's your year going? It's, it's moving, man. It's moving. <laughs> I felt really good about what's going on. You know, you felt I've, you said that like past tense. I, I have felt. <laughs> oh, you have felt. As, okay. as as the kids are getting more comfortable, I I worry that like is this gonna fall apart any day? Because I have sixth graders again, y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep well, actually, uh, so there's we oh yeah, there's a change. We're both teaching. Sixth we both grade got this six. Year. We share students. We share some students, and this hasn't been the case in a while. Not since you had my kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's shared, it. That was what... we shared students. So we we have students in common now. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 beautiful. You know, yeah. rolling along. I got sixth graders and seniors, so the alpha and the omega. <laughs> oh, the alpha and the omega. Do you call them that? <laughs> yeah. You call them your alphas and your omegas? You're my that, alphas, you're my omegas. That's cool. Y'all are the beginning? Y'all are on my last nerve. Please leave. They they act surprisingly alike at times yeah. when they when they both get stressed out. Yeah. You know, I was having I was having this conversation with somebody before and we and we sort of we sort of came to the conclusion. The kids at the beginning of any like educational phase yeah. are all the same. So whether you know, my wife teaches kindergarten. Yes. And and it's striking to me how similar her five year olds are to my eleven year olds. That makes sense. And then many sixth graders are very much like freshmen. Yes. And very and many freshmen are just like college freshmen. That's like, right. Like you could probably say uh, like all those transitions are exactly the same. It's the same thing. It's but like, they never get easier. No, I don't think easier. so. They they just get differently difficult. <laughs> like oh, wait. So so you got the alpha and omega. I, I for me, I feel like it would be it would be easier to list the grades that I don't teach. <laughs> yeah, this year. yeah, yeah. You kind of have I them all. Don't have any seventh or eighth graders this year. I have everything else. <laughs> you like everybody else but seventh and eighth graders. Yeah, it's just like this that's good. Dizzying. It's mostly good. It, it's funny because I think that you know. So my so my sixth grade classes, man. They're 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 <laughs> funny, man. Like I don't. I'm, I don't know why people don't think sixth graders are the most entertaining human beings they, in the world. They have the most material going. They say the funniest stuff consistently, just consistently. over and over yep. and just they don't, got good material. They don't realize how funny they are. I had a kid a couple of days ago burp at the top of his lungs and then burped again. And I just got in the kids kind of settled to do stuff. 
And so I kind of called him out. I was like, what are you doing? And he looks at me totally like incredulous that I would even call him out. He's like, I said, excuse me. I said, excuse me. They let you know. They're and it's like, hard to argue with that, you know. Um, I think the favorite like sixth grade phenomenon that we both have commented on is raising your hand while speaking <laughs> right. because they're working on being able well, to raise know, their hand. They know they're supposed to raise your hand to speak. Yeah, they know there's a relationship they between those two behaviors. <laughs> Not it's not a simultaneous relationship. <laughs> but they're hand up while they're like, and this is what I think. Yeah. And then if you, and then and then if you don't call on them, they tell me what you like. I love it. Now you would have to see this actually acted yeah, out. But so they they raise their hand higher, then they start to elevate in their seat, then they stand up, then they jump, and then if you're really lucky, they come right up to you with their hand up, with their hand up, still walking towards you with their hand up. They're like, in I got, case I gotta say something, in case you didn't I know that I was something. gonna speak. Yeah, it's man, they're funny, and they're uh, so excited and energetic for learning. Yeah, that's the coolest part about them. And, and, and like, I think sometimes we 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 dismiss that for bad behavior, <laughs> but it's really excitement for school. Yeah, there's excitement I, I to share. I like to describe them as like in in a six through twelve school, the sixth graders are kind of like this little alien race <laughs> that just kind of got dropped. Here, they have no idea they're on another planet. They don't know that they don't speak the language. And they just kind of like wander in and out of things. We have another little one in common who um, who very um, – who hold on. My wife's texting Yo, me. There we go. <laughs> like, it took us a while to get I got, started I got, today. We did. We are having <laughs> – we had some technical difficulties, but we're coming to you. You might notice we don't have our uh, theme music. That's because we were struggling with getting it into the file. Yeah, we were. Well, and so the, but that wasn't even, that wasn't even the <laughs> the like, biggest struggle. That wasn't even the biggest problem. Um, hold on, I'm sending this text. He's real sending quick. a text. I'm. No, it's like <laughs> when when you're both teachers, it's like an act of God to make anything happen. So so we get here and we can't get the app, the program to work, right? Because my computer. So y'all hear this? So that's that's a, that's a public school. That's computer. A, that's a. <laughs> In its natural state, that is uh, my computer that literally has had pieces fall off of it, and it's still working, right? <laughs> Meanwhile, I have a brand new computer that I have to take to get service because I've had it six weeks, and now it just shuts down randomly. Isn't this that funny? Silly thing uh, is so, but yet it works well enough to not get a new one. That's right. Although I've been assured that I'm getting a new one, uh, and so we can't we can't get like we can't get into the program, we can't get into the studio. We're not even sure if the mic's working for about half That's the time. That's right. And then we just spent 20 minutes trying to get the audio in there. And you know what? For those of you who jam out to our opening music, yeah. you're going to have to get over it. Get over it this time. It's we're, not happening. We got more coming. Though. Now, we will be switching to a new platform. We will be switching away from our current platform and embracing uh, the goodness of GarageBand yes, here pretty yes. soon. Uh, so that will... So let us know if you notice some differences in the quality. Yep. Certainly, let us know if it's worse. Yeah, if it's, you're <laughs> you like, this is horrible. I have to go I back into the Apple anymore. Store and deal with some things. That's right. That's so, funny. so your year is going okay. It's going good. This, I say this it's dude, better he's than always, okay. He's it's always better than a, okay. It's better than okay. It's better than okay. I feel like mine's less than okay, but um, but you're always like in good spirits. You know, I'm trying. I had our vice principal. Why are you always smiling? I'm like, cause I work here. That's why I'm smiling. <laughs> cause I work here. Cause if I wasn't smiling, I'd be crying. I feel like so that's kind of like my. Routine. I feel like with me, it would. It would would be more of a case of why aren't you smiling? Yeah, this is so the computer's making us both very nervous. <laughs> yeah, right we now. just got. If it's, you notice that pause, it's, it's struggling to keep up. Computer, we're just gonna assume that things just are happening here. Thinking that we're recording, it's it's going every once in a while. It's stalled right now, but I think it's still moving. So we'll just 
keep going. We really hope it is. Um, <laughs> this is what happens when you use a school computer. Public school. Public school computer. It. There we go. There we go. It's. It's it's moving. I, I think know, it's still it's recording. Like, yeah. Okay. It's just struggling. Yeah. Just like well, you know, and it hasn't done this in a while. Yeah. Just like we haven't done this. So in a it's while. like warming up. It's warming up. It's a little warming bit. up. I'm pretty sure in the next few minutes everything's gonna be okay. So um so today uh we welcome you to a Justice Monday yes. here. Uh the observation that um that that Kev always forgets. Yes. Um, but if you go to our Instagram, I'm up there wearing wearing my Colin Kaepernick T-shirt. That's it. I, I keep on getting these. I got some new social justice T-shirts coming though. Yeah, but you never wear them I, on Mondays. I got, a, I got a sweatshirt with Fred Hampton on it. I wore a tie the other day, and uh, one of the sixth graders is like, "You never dress up," and I'm like, "I always dress nice." They're like, "You're always wearing T-shirts," and I'm like, "Wait a minute, I'm just on Mondays." But just why are you hating? <laughs> And if I had more people doing it, one of the students asked me today, she's like, so this Justice Monday thing, like, you know, is that like school wide? I'm like, well, really, it's me right now? Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's just me. I'm going to have to start texting you it's, in the morning. It's man. my own. Yeah, please do that. Yeah. I'm on my own movement. I'm my own movement by myself. That's all right. Like Kaepernick started with one man. We would. Exactly. We would love it if y'all would join us in our Justice Monday observances. Represent the justice issue that yeah. matters to you. These children better not come in here. They won't. They won't. Okay. They know that it's important. These drama kids be wilding out, though. Drama club. Wilding. Drama club. This is great. Like, they have no idea that we're doing that anything we're in here. That we're sitting here talking about them, that they're the fodder If you can hear podcast. them, we're, we're really bringing the authenticity of what it really sounds like in a schoolhouse. That's right. Um, how it kind of works. So, yeah. So, we are we are back on this Justice Monday. What do we do here? We what are have, we even doing? What is this podcast about? I don't about? even know. What are we talking we're, about? We're almost 10 minutes into whatever it is that we do, and I feel like, uh, I feel like, man, my year's been crazy. Um, we, we have grades due in a couple days. Tomorrow. <laughs> that is tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah. So, well, thank you for joining us on Two Dope Teachers. Go inter -grades. I gotta go enter grades. Um, I don't the know. The best was last night. Your text that you. <laughs> I was like, that's the greatest text. Well, you're like the only person I can. So here's the exchange that we that we had last night. This is quality. So stuff. like, so how much of this am I allowed to say? <laughs> so we we get into this thing because I still don't like. Okay, mind you, we're into the quarter and we're yes. about to post grades. So I text Kev, yo, what kind of grading scale are we supposed to use for middle school? I haven't taught middle school in like five years, right? And so he tells me, so it's 60%, 60 assessment, 40 process. And then I think you realize that's not what I was you're asking. Like, I, I didn't realize that <laughs> I think you all. did. And then you're like, oh, rolling. And I said, no, but do we use letter, like or letter or high school? And you say letter. And I say, cool, I guess right. Ha ha. <laughs> He says, nice, that's funny. <laughs> okay, so the rest of this I can't really say because yeah, it gets I do, into some it gets into some stuff. But we are but we are talking about this like, you know, this, this weird thing with grades where it's like a rush to kind of get things in and with and with these younger students, like, man, they're just learning how to middle school. Yeah. And we yeah. have to give them grades. Yeah. <laughs> so and like, it feels at times it feels I like had, I had one kid, uh, who you'll not be surprised who it was, yes. who's like who's like Wait, we get grades in this class? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I've failed as an educator. No, but it's a realization because what I think, and I, it took my daughter being in fifth grade for me to really get this. Yeah. That fifth grade for kids is so different than what we ask them to do in sixth grade. Like, yeah. they've never had, like, I don't know, like, I look at my daughter's progress report, but it's not like real grades. It's like, where is she in terms of proficiency, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. 
And I don't think our kids really understand that well, there's a connection between yep. the work that you do in the class and the ultimate <laughs> they, performance. Be, they don't even know why they're doing it. They're like, what are we doing? <laughs> and I, I, it takes me back to the beginning of the year when I was like, okay, this is the grading scale. I, I, that must have gone right over their head. They were like, I'm just going to sit here and be so, good. So speaking of, speaking of things going over kids' heads, so one of the things of my, my, this game that my wife and I like to play is the game of how are five-year-olds and 11-year-olds similar, right? Yes, yes. And so she's teaching kindergarten, and she was trying to explain um, the revolutions of the earth around the sun, yes, right? Yeah. And so she starts off with this question, hey, guys, where do you think the sun goes at night? And they're like... I don't know. <laughs> and they have no idea. You never so then, about this. So you then she starts mind. explaining. She's like, okay, so you all probably know that the earth moves around the sun. That was way over their head. Yeah, <laughs> They're yeah. like, wait, wait, what? what? And then when she tried to explain to them that the, earth, that the world spins, they're like, they're like, uh -uh. They're like no, I, I can't feel it. It's, I no. can't feel no. it. No. That's like what my dad told me about where babies came from. Oh, and I God. was like, wait, what? Because he told me very like... <laughs> Clearly, he was like, a woman has an egg, and a man has a sperm. And I was like, wait, what? There's an egg inside of a woman? How old like, were you? I was 19? <laughs> it was like two years ago. It was like two years ago. No, I was probably, I bet you, I was probably like six. You know, okay. around that, where it's like, but my dad told me biologically very succinctly, and I was just like, this is so confusing. You're like, I can't, no, I can't. I was I like, I, but. Hey, on, on a different note, do you are you. I feel like you're taller than me in that chair right now. Like I feel like I'm looking up at you. <laughs> you got one like, of the short chairs. What kind chairs. of chairs? This you didn't look like a short chair. I have those short chairs in my classroom. <laughs> now we're off completely. We're off. Really off. But yeah, but no, but go on. But you, like those kids don't think. I don't think we always realize that our kids don't have the same conceptualization. Of no, yeah, that that's right. Do. That's right. Like the way we see things and what we assume is just obvious. And like I think we say things to kids, like the sixth graders, don't you get this? This is what this is what school's about. That's right, that's right. But mm -hmm. I, my realization is like for my daughter, school is about like reading time, writing time, math time, you know, play time, free time. She's like, We earn points, so we get to go to the park, right? Yeah. She how do you get points? Well, they're table points and, and we just do what the teacher wants, right? right? <laughs> and so I feel like yeah. there's this big yeah. kind of difference between elementary to middle school that sometimes our kids are penalized because they don't yeah. really have a clue of well, like what that difference is and, that and makes, what that entails. That makes me actually wonder like what is it that we're actually teaching kids? Like are we teaching them to plunge into their learning in a more mature and more informed way or are we teaching them to obey the teacher? Yeah. Because I feel like that and yo, I ain't gonna lie, like there there are days I need them to just obey. They the just teaching. need to do what they're told. <laughs> but <laughs> but I mean that which obviously is more convenient for me than it is for them, mm -hmm. right? And so like that's been the really interesting thing is like you start seeing where kids can very quickly pick up how to play school. Yeah. And how to do that kind of thing. And, and where some others, kids are good at that. Yep. Some kids And some aren't. are just like, What? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's it's so strange. And um and they won't stop talking. Yeah. They won't stop talking. It's a struggle. Hey, we direct you to the Cult of Pedagogy podcast. Yes. They actually have an episode from a couple weeks ago uh, called Why Won't Why They won't Stop they Talking. Why Won't They Stop Talking. <laughs> I told them so I can't, I several ways. Several ways. And I even threatened them and cajoled them and everything. Oh, my! So, but my third period got cupcakes today. Because they had like one good day. Yeah, there you <laughs> and go. So, and I was really excited, so I promised them treats, and it took me a week to get them treats. <laughs> and then they started to get really demanding about their treats, and I'm like, but you can't 
be like that, but I did make this promise. They're like, we held up our part of the deal. We were yeah, good. Exactly. exactly. And so it means We were good once. <laughs> rewards really mean a lot to they me. They do. And I, I think it goes back to, again, I think these kids really want to do well. Yep. I think they, they but they, like you said, they're learning how to middle school. They are. And they're not always good at it. No. You know? No, and I think that's the, I think that's a big thing to always, like, that I'm always reminding myself that they're not good at this yet. They will get good it at it. It takes practice. I got to help them get good at it. You know, that kind of thing. Um, I'm also, like, so I'm teaching a thousand classes right now. Um, they were able to <laughs> persuade me to. Yes. Uh, to teach teach all the classes class. other than the ones that I teach. Other, right, exactly. <laughs> well, Adams is teaching that, so it's okay. So, so yeah. So like, so I'm teaching. I'm, I'm the one I'm really excited about right now is uh, is the hip hop studies class Coolest that I'm class teaching right school. now. It's pretty cool. I, I mean, hopefully the students feel the same way. Um, but we, I'm I'm discovering a lot about kind of how what it means to teach a class in a school that has rules about an art form that is all about breaking the rules, yeah. right? Yeah. And so that, uh, entering them into that process and having, I gave them a test last week, they were so mad, like, because it's like, it's but like, but I think, the, I think the whole thing is that it's like, we need to treat this as serious, like, academic it's material. It's, it's a, a study. study. It's a study, and if we want these kinds of studies to be taken seriously, we have to show that they hold up to yep, rigor. Yeah, I think that's important. Um, but it is interesting to see how, like, how different policies we might have around, like, Around language, yeah, around like yeah. those kinds of things, like we have to sort of contextualize those within the fact that we are talking about you know rebel music. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, so that's been kind of fun. Um, it's got me writing more, which is a lot of. Fun. That's cool. That's the coolest thing. They have to do a cipher at the end of every class. That's their exit ticket. There we go. Um, and so that's kind of cool, and they hate it. Yeah. But it's one of those things where it's like, in order to really appreciate, you know, this kind of. You have to engage it. You do. You have to engage it because you, you never know how tough it is yeah. to really go about it and, and, and the skills that MCs and DJs and producers yeah. and, and just anybody involved in the culture is bringing. Yep. It's why I think it's like so much – and I thank you for teaching this class because I think it's putting it into a context that this is serious. Like, you know, uh, they make you want to think it's all about party and dance to quote the yeah. dead prez. Yeah. But, you know, it's so much bigger. And it's, it's to me, it, it's probably – the most important art form and movement uh, that has come along since jazz. Yeah. And I think it yeah. will have that impact. And I hope, knock on wood, we're never worried about it like we do about the state of jazz. You know, yeah. that, that this stuff is going away and we're losing our great yeah. jazz pioneers. And, yeah. you know, and kids aren't picking up the instruments the way that Although they Although I, I did to. get to go down to Dazzle and see Danilo Perez perform and jazz is alive and well. Jazz is alive, jazz and, is and, alive well. and well. Um, For everybody. Which is good no, to see. See, that's the thing. I want everybody access to No, that's right. That's know? right. I feel like that's it's right. a certain group of people. Well, and that's the thing is that I think one thing I've learned is, is how important it is to provide a historical context for music because again what a lot of what a lot of what's exposed not just to kids but a lot of adults is just very poppy very shallow yeah, like yeah. you know just kind of this engineered music that's just meant to elicit a certain brain reaction mm -hmm. um, when there's like a whole history to it I mean they they learned about the old school and they learned about like the order of things they, they were shocked to hear that rapping actually was like the third thing that's right that came, that came in along. the process we talked about DJing we talked about breakdancing um, and so most of the music they hear with me is not the music that they're hearing other places. Yeah. And so providing that that kind of context I think has been really valuable. It's getting them thinking more deeply about the music they listen to. Giving them more context, making them genuinely appreciate yeah. the art. Even if you don't love hip-hop, 
Yeah. You start to develop appreciation and know that it's evolved and there's various parts of it. And and there's a reason why certain things mean something. You know, when Kanye's like 808s and heartbreaks, that meant something because that 808 drum machine yep. was really important yep. to the music at that time. Yep. Right? So I, I love it. I love yeah. it as a music lover. Well, that's I'm good because you were mad that I got to DJ. I was mad, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm out of my feelings. <laughs> yeah, your feelings. I'm out good. of my feelings. Man, I'm in my feelings because it's like, uh, I'm just like, I can't even breathe. I wrote in my planner today, like things to do, teach till I die. <laughs> <laughs> but fortunately, we had our department meeting. Yes. So that was, yes. that was good stuff. Yeah. So um, in case you haven't caught the drift, we are 20 minutes into the podcast, but we are merely two public school teachers in the city of Denver. Um, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Um, we picked up you. a lot of new follows on Twitter, especially. We've got a lot of people checking us out, so thank you uh, for following us. Tweet at us. Uh, we are here on almost every social media platform. We don't do Snapchat, and my daughter says we're too old to do Tumblr. Um, I don't even know what Tumblr is. Tumblr is hilarious. You can sometimes <laughs> see the screenshots of Tumblr, and they're brilliant. Like they're, they're just really funny, but my daughter's like, no, you are too old. You cannot be on Tumblr. I'm like, you can't be on Tumblr either, child. <laughs> and she's not. She's not on Tumblr, there you uh, go. for the record. Um, but yeah, we're on Instagram at Two Dope Teachers. We're at, at, on Twitter at Two Dope Teachers. You can look us. You can uh, find us on Facebook. Like us, Two Dope Teachers and Mike. Right. And of course, your grandparents can email us at Two Dope Teachers at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> we have email. That's right. That's where right. which will be the new snail mail here pretty soon. Um, not on Snapchat. Some th- some students have threatened to put us on Snapchat. I feel um, like I'm probably all over Snapchat, but not in ways like doing stupid most, stuff in the classroom. Oh God! Like, most, so most of the my my Snapchat chat presence is dancing to Kahoot music, <laughs> uh, which is fire. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's, that's like really good. The, the Kahoot, Kahoot music. Jam. Yep. That's my jam. I'm the, we were talking about this. I'm kind of that strange teacher who's just doing random stuff. I picked up a $30 glow-in-the-dark <laughs> skeleton at Home Depot. I've taken it to every meeting I've had to be at today, and I'm not really sure that the leader of our school knew what to do about me today. Uh, I said you're like that sixth grader who just comes in wearing like a giant like sombrero <laughs> that you found. Or a banana suit. Like, yeah. Remember, you, uh, were you here when the banana yeah, suit was making yeah, around? Yeah. 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 So, but I mean, I, it kind of fits in. You know, some days you're like, you come to school and you're like, I'm going to do something a little crazy just to see how people react. Yeah, I feel like there are more and more of those off. days that are happening. Maybe it's a function of being a veteran teacher. That's um, right. But we are here to talk about issues of race, power, and privilege as they play out in schools. Uh, we want to elevate the stories of teachers of color to a national conversation. Many of us work in isolation in a lot of places, and we yep. just want everybody to know that you do have a two-dope community here. Um, and so get at us with your stories and, and connect with us. We uh, we tend to plan things out a little bit, but let us know um, if there's a theme you want us to talk about. Yeah. Uh, some rules. We don't cuss. You know, and I've come close a couple times. I know. It's I, been we. It's been too long. Yeah, but I feel like I'm good. Like it, I maintain, and yeah. then I shift into this other mode, like Friday night after I've had, <laughs> you know, I'm relaxed. When you relax, and and I start to, laugh. I'm like, why am I cussing yeah. so much? And I go through the week and I don't cuss a lot. I've just got fewer and fewer places yeah. that I can. So and then we so. try to operate on a, a basis of anonymity for right. people who are coming in and joining us. If they want to share their names, they can. Yep. And then, you know, do we have any other rules, guidelines? Um, no, I think that's about it. Uh, Keep we, it funky and fresh? Yeah, we sort of 
and and even people who come on the show, like like we said, we will uh, we can keep you anonymous. You can use your name. You can you can tell us where you live if you want That's to. That's right. It's entirely up to you. Um, but we do understand that uh, oftentimes, if your name comes up, even on just a little tiny podcast with two hundred and sixty followers, uh, we're two sixty. Yeah, oh, there cool. we go. That's yeah. good. Although I don't know the difference between people like because I'll get these notifications from Facebook that'll say you have two hundred and fifty three likes and two hundred and sixty five followers. I don't understand. What's the difference between Likes Are there and twelve followers? followers that follow us but don't like us? <laughs> we, I don't really play this stuff. I yeah. mean, I'm listening. Oh no, I'm monitoring. I'm, you. I'm gonna monitor it. I'm monitoring. I'm, so, I'm not gonna so like when it's the time page to take yet. your job. Yeah, that's right. I know that could be it. So, so we try to like we're obviously putting ourselves out here, but we're not gonna put anybody else out there unless they want to be put out there. Yeah. Uh, right now. So interesting times, man. Um, that we're living I'll in right say, now. I'll so say. So much stuff that has happened. There were the protests of September fifth. Yes. There are i mean we i we're gonna have to do a special teaching trump episode because yeah. there's just like there's been so much this man can't learn this um, man ain't so learning. he ain't learning he, he don't want to learn um, he's not like our sixth graders you know he don't want to learn that's right so i mean we're living in this really kind of contentious climate and uh you and i have a colleague and we have not discussed it with this colleague yet so we will not use this individual's name yep. uh who was recently uh who was recently put on leave um, at the school at which they worked for bringing in a questionable speaker. Yep. And it bears saying that this is a this is something that happened in a community of color yep. that happened to a teacher of color yep. and involving a, a, uh, a community activist of color. And so um, there's definitely, you know, having talked to some people that I know, uh, people of color in other classrooms, I know that there's a lot of reticence yep. to come to out of really the shadows and to really in engage work. in this work. And, and, and that really only serves the systems of domination that we're trying to uh, disrupt yeah. at best. Um, but it, it's tough times for sure. It really is, you know, and I think, you know, in tough times, I, I think that's when we have to get tough, right? In tough times, the tough get going. And so, you know... Encouraging us, to all teachers of color and allies, to uh, although we should need to co-conspirators for right. stopping the term allies. We've got yep. this is dead. Yep. At that's uh, at Alicia Garza. At Alicia Garza. Yep. The the big homie. And she big was uh, homie. She was on uh, the politically reactive podcast, and where she talked about how uh, the term ally is really not what she's looking for and this is one of the co-founders of black lives matter yep. and she said what i need is co-conspirators who are who are going to directly engage to destabilize these oppressive systems yeah. that govern our lives every day and it makes it tougher it puts it on you right yep. you gotta now 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 i'm jumping in right yep. my favorite co-conspirator in history john brown john brown john brown john brown check him out if you don't know him yeah harper's ferry <laughs> harper's uh, my, my favorite co-conspirators are, San, are the san patricios battalion yeah. that fought in the u.s mexican war there that you go were fighting for the u.s decided wait a minute this would be like fighting for england back home that's right their own people and they switch sides co-conspirators uh to disrupt these uh oppressive systems so uh we just send our love out we are hoping to get this individual on the show yep. and um and hear how this whole story sort of unfolded yep. um but it but it's an interesting thing and it, it, i don't know about you man but it was a little bit of a reminder to me that you know i i do think that on the one hand we teach in a community that is very forward-minded yes. right we're yes. always thinking about ways to empower and um, and to make meaningful change in the world, but on the other hand, you know, I think that there is still 
there's still resistance to progressive ideas and there's still resistance to the notion that maybe our schools should be more inclusive and maybe our schools should be more open-minded and maybe we should be taking more account of the people who are in front of us when we teach. Yeah. Uh, there are people who are very resistant to those ideas and I mean, I take risks in this school that maybe I wouldn't take other places, yep. but I would like to think that I would still t take those risks. Yeah, you'd like to hope so. And I know like in my previous building, there was some stuff that I did that I was called out for in terms of teaching units about Islam, just in terms of comparative religion right, right. and being like told, right. uh, I can't believe how much time are you going to spend on this subject? You yep. know, after we had talked about Catholicism and Judaism, and it yep. was like, but you, you always wonder in the back of your mind, you know, when is that is that moment going to come? Right. You know, and I think for teachers of color and co-conspirators who engage in this type of work, I think it's something always in the back of our minds, you yeah. know, is is this the day where I get the gotcha moment where yep. they're like, oh, oh, I see. I see what you're saying. Yep. You know, and, and ultimately, I want a place, and I was talking to one of our colleagues today, and she said, you know, with all this talk about white privilege, she had a student who came up to her and said, you know, I feel like I'm bad just because I'm white. Right, and, right. and there's this negative pushback. And I, and I said, we don't want kids to feel that way. Right. But we do have to acknowledge, you know, there's been a long history where a lot of people of color have felt bad, right. have been uncomfortable. And yeah. going to this point about being uncomfortable, we don't have it on the agenda. To Kill a Mockingbird. Have you heard this story? Yes. So they want to they wanna get rid Where of... Where is this? I, I didn't... I haven't found out yeah, exactly. I, I feel like it's someplace down in the south. That's why God created Google. But... Oh, whoops. Was I not... <laughs> like that? Shout out to Pino's Life for liking our uh, post. Hopefully there, you're still checking us out. There we go. But if you guys haven't heard the story, there's a school that wants... A district that's saying that we need to stop teaching To Kill a Mockingbird because it's making certain people feel uncomfortable. I'd like you to take a guess who's feeling uncomfortable about this book. Yeah, so this article is dated a week ago. So it's a school in Mississippi. Mississippi. Um, Missis <laughs> Don't make fun of the Mississippi people. I'm not. We've got some good people I down love there. it. There's, there's good food, good, good cooking. Good. <laughs> mm -hmm. good, the blues. Uh, I just want to uh, seek everybody's apology or like want to apologize for my partner essentializing Mississippians. A little bit. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Y'all no. know y'all be sticking y'all foots in it. This is true. Be cooking this is, down uh, so, so be this cooking. is this, and we won't go into a whole like thing about this, but um, but it was that. Um, oh, this is funny. Fox News has a thing uh, that. Oh, they're actually saying that's a bad idea. Banning to kill a mockingbird oh, teaches students Fox the wrong. Oh, lesson. there we go. There yeah, we go. I mean, you know, and I think Shout we're, out to Fox I think News. we're in a time where these like ideas. Um, there are certain things that nobody can abide, right? But it's it's one of these things where like our unwillingness to engage in difficult conversations and difficult ideas. I mean, I think that's why teaching popular culture, I mean, that's one thing that I've really benefited from is that you have to kind of like engage in these things really directly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's crazy. You it know? is. It is crazy, you know, at this time. And when we're worried about comfort, and I think it comes out of this idea that some people feel like, well, there's a movement to say we're not going to say certain terms anymore, right? Yeah. To respect people who are part of our community, right? And we're going to say these these terms are going away, yeah. right? <clears throat> and so some people are like, well, you know, if if that's done to make them comfortable, then you got to do some stuff to make me. That's comfortable, right, because right? yeah, the, it, it make me feel like right. I fit in, and 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 that, you know, everybody doesn't feel discomfort. And I don't know if we're even saying that, you know, yeah. like. You know, as a person of color, like I was saying when we were having this conversation, everywhere I've been pretty much in my academic career, 
from certain points in elementary, through middle, through high school, through college, graduate school, teaching. Yep. As a person of color, I've always felt uncomfortable. That's right. And there's always been times where I've questioned, like, am I safe? Is this a space? Or when I say something, do people think of me a certain way? Yeah, that's right. And how do they view me, you know? And and always that idea of, like, I've got to be careful with what I put out. That's that's absolutely right. And I think think we've also gotten to a point where you – where you've got your experiential knowledge, right? The stuff that you just know because yep. you know yep. and because you've um, you've lived your life that you actually don't know if that stuff's even correct. Uh, it's like the great Temi Mansari quote, uh, you know, m- so different was my perspective that it was indistinguishable from error. Yeah. And I think that that's something that we all sort of go through and, and I think that type of discomfort, I, I don't wish that on anybody. Like questioning your very right to exist in a place. That's right. Um, Do I belong here? I, I don't want other people to. I don't need other people to experience it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. I do need other people to believe me when I say to it's hear true, me you and know. understand. Right. And and be able to to respect my position. Yeah. This is a thing you might not have ever gone through this experience. Yep. But it is very real for me. Yeah, I need you to believe me. I don't need you to agree with me. I need you to believe me that this really happened and this is what I really believe because as a result of it, and this is real life, you know? Yeah, yeah. And even to me, you know, I've had students come to me at times and say, this happened. And I'd be like, well, you know, think about it from their perspective, trying to get there. And, and as I've grown older, trying to really say, wow. I hear you, yeah. and I'm sorry that that happened to right. you, and I'm sorry you went through that experience, yep. and nobody should have that experience, yep. you know? And I think that's what causes kids to to disengage from education. Yeah. Kids of color, you know, is because you feel like, well, nobody cares about my perspective. Yeah. Nobody cares that this teacher said something racist to me, yep. and they keep saying the same thing every time I come to the classroom, yeah. and it makes me feel like I don't even want to show up, and so I stop coming. Yep. And then it gets put back on the student. Why don't you come? I don't like that teacher. Because yep. kids can't really express the feelings. It's hard to say. No. Well, like, and, there's a, and there's a power differential, right? So say. it isn't like if you and I have a problem with somebody we work with, we don't have to stop coming to work because there's a there's a forum where we're all on level ground, yep. where ostensibly we're all contract teachers, we're all professionals. Mm-hmm. They don't have any more power over what happens in the school than I do. And... They don't have power over my job. And so we can go – I can engage that individual right. and I can challenge them. And I think oftentimes we encourage kids to challenge their teachers on this stuff. But, it, you know, what we forget is that the kids, like, they see a power differential. They feel deeply, rightly or wrongly, that somebody's going to hold this against them, that mm-hmm. this teacher is going to hold mm-hmm. a grudge or treat them badly and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And um, and so uh, – so I think we have to re- be really mindful of that. It's it's interesting. This is actually a really good segue into the next thing um, because what you're talking about um, reminds me of something that's going down at a local high school. Yeah. Uh, where allegedly a um, there are some students in a classroom speaking in Spanish, and they were told by their teacher that it's an English only classroom. Yes. And you know it's Sorry. it's just a really interesting. So my mom is a retired Spanish teacher. Yes. Shout out to my mama. Shout out. Uh, mom lost her cat the other day, oh. and so we got a mom. We gotta send you that love. Um, 
but so but I remember her saying like why do you even make a no Spanish rule just make a no talking rule if they're not supposed to be talking they should not be talking in any language in any language <laughs> like like there's just no talking but but this is another place that's caused that's kind of revealed this rift that I think is opened up between um, learners and teachers and and I feel like it's happening in a lot of places yeah. some of you have communicated with us that there's just a lot of suspicion on both sides yeah and I think it. it it, it comes down to, you know, there's another, another yet another article that came out. Um, this was on, what was, it was on the, the oh, uh, was shoot. it uh, the Center for American Progress? Yes, well, the, Center, yeah. the Center for American Progress uh, published an article a couple weeks ago um, about how vital it is to get teachers of color in classrooms. And I think this is one of those areas where we can really be an asset to our students in ways that maybe others are not the same kind of asset and not even so much that we're going to support them and that we're going to be their be their co-conspirators and that kind of thing but just so there's someone who they can bring an issue like that hey my teacher told me that we're not allowed to speak spanish in the school because it is an english only classroom that it at the very least i'm going to empathize and i'm going to get yeah. what that feels like so um and i think having teachers of color like it helps push that that conversation a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it, it's someone who understands where you come from and who's likely had similar experiences, right? Yeah, it's like uh, I can I know what it feels like to be asked to be the native expert, yep. to ask to be the authority on your race because I've experienced it. What do black people think? You want me to talk for all black people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You want me to talk for every exactly. black person? I don't know because black people are diverse. Yep. And so at my church, I probably have some people who agree with this kind yep. of conservative position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yep. But if I go to the hood, you know, it'd be a whole different perspective. Yeah, if that's I'm talking true. to my brothers in the barbershop, yep. whole different perspective. Yeah, that's right. So you know, I think it it does go back to that importance of of people who can hear mm -hmm. where you're coming from. Yeah. Hear where you're coming from. And I'm not saying our co-conspirators can't do that, yep. right? I think the best ones, they hear where the kids mm -hmm. are coming from. Yeah. <clears throat> but they're also acknowledging that their experience, their perspective is not the same. Yeah. Right? And I think that we get into a habit. When I was in school, it was like this. And I just did it this way. Yeah. Well, there's some different stuff going yeah. on for kids' lives and, and their experiences. Even today, time. Right, just being a kid growing right. up today, yeah, the world different. is very different very than what different. I was living in, yep. and what you're exposed to, and what's going on, you know, I feel like is so different. That's true, and I think, um, you know, I think the other thing I think of is that um, is, you know, we all, regardless of color, I feel like we all tend to get into this space. So, like, whether it's because we have a thousand papers a grade and we don't have time for this conversation. Yep. Yep of a student comes to us with a complaint about another teacher, about a school leader, another adult in the yep. building. Some of us, our, our initial reaction is to be defensive and say, well, don't you think? Yeah, don't you think? But don't you think you should have? these are our friends but at don't times. you think at times? Right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like, absolutely. Oh, you're talking about someone who I really I mean, like about, us. We're right? like best friends with everybody yeah. in the building. Yeah. So, like, so it's one of those things where how do you create that authentic space for, for kids to just vent? Because if they come in and they're venting, in your classroom, that's a sign of trust. Yep. Um, and that's a sign of, I can just let out all of my rage right now because you are an adult that I trust. Like, do you create that atmosphere? And you know, maybe the don't you think conversation maybe happens the next Later. day. Later, yeah, hey, down the road do you as think we continue that maybe, these Like, here's been my observation, or here's what I sort of think about what you were upset about yesterday. Um, and that can make kind of a big difference. Um, speaking of which, have, uh, this is something I thought was really interesting um, to that point. 
is uh, I was listening to Code Switch. You listen to Code Switch at all? Huh, I haven't listened so to it's, it's on NPR, and uh, and they were talking to the founder of Ron Brown High School, yeah. which I think is in the D.C. area. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely so. sure it where it is. Um, but it's a school that was that was specifically open to serve young black men in the in the yes, neighborhood yes, in the area. Yes. And one of the things they talked about was was dif- I don't think they called it this, but this is why I sort of heard it as differentiated cursing policies, right? Yeah. So essentially, <laughs> and they've got this like six person. I know it's but it sounds crazy. Differentiated cursing policies. Ha- half of half of our like audience just like switched off. They're like these guys are just what? lost their mind. We can't have kids cussing in school. Differentiated cusses differentiation. We'll see because because it was like but what so they have these this six person care team. That whenever there's an incident with a student, mm-hmm. the, this care team goes and sort of works with the student, and that might be restorative justice, yeah. it might be something else, um, but it's always a conversation. And one of the things that came up was like, well, there's a difference between a kid walking in and just dropping an f bomb because they are so frustrated with something that just happened, yep. versus you know f you to yep. the teacher, yeah. right? And then they said one of those, the first is actually a sign of trust mm-hmm. that they come in and they feel like they can let it all out yep. and that they won't be judged and mm-hmm. that they're safe with you. The other is directed at somebody. They had some way of describing that, but it was really interesting because as you think about like students emotional needs and what and that they need to feel heard, they need to feel valued, they need to feel like anything that they're going through is okay to yep, communicate. Yep, yep. I think it's really important and I think that I mean to me I, I feel like that's one of the first things that all teachers can do for all kids of color is hear them out. Um, Equally critical is how we find that community for ourselves. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, while you and I love everybody we work with in the building, we work in a great building That's right. where people have, bring a lot of energy and everyone's heart is in the right place. Yep. You know, there are always things that come up that, you know, are hard to connect. And I think this points to the problem of people of color in classrooms. Yeah. So we, so there were some statistics and we actually broke it down. The, the national stats I actually don't have pulled up right yeah. now. But in the great state of Colorado, um, the ratio of teachers of color to students of color in our classrooms is one teacher of color for every 64 students of color. That's right? crazy. And man, I don't know. I've had classes that felt that big, but, That's but I don't crazy. think I've been, yep. That's crazy. And so what that breaks down to is we have 413,175 students of color to 6,471 teachers of color in the state of Colorado. And this is, this is um, data from two years ago. This is the most recent yep. data they yep. have. What do you think when you hear that data? Uh, to me, it's, it's, it's incredibly concerning, you know, because as a state, we know uh, demographics in this country, are, we are becoming more diverse. And who is in public schools is its kids of color. And, and what I worry about, like you said, is that big space. And what messages are these kids of color getting about who they are and what they do? And, and what I encounter oftentimes is uh, from kids who go to school where they are uh, a minority student, and these are kids of color, you know, in in, uh, schools of the dominant culture, uh, predominantly white schools, is they come out kind of second-guessing themselves and seeing themselves as lesser and not believing in themselves to their full potential, comparing themselves to other kids and, and, and using words like, oh, that's the smart kid, you know, to describe the white kids, versus... And I, and I don't know if, you know, it makes a difference, but when I have a kid of color, or I tend to let them know, yeah. oh, you're smart. 
Yeah. You've got something to offer. You've got, and I, I believe in you. And even if you might have some difficulty staying quiet, that doesn't mean you're less intelligent or yeah. have any less ability. You know, and I believe that in my heart of hearts about all of these kids. And I think, um, you know, we were talking about our um, Indian education teacher yep. and the story that she told. And when she said, you know, these are our kids and they want to learn. And yeah. it goes back to something, you know, Jeffrey Duncan Andrade says, you know, he's like, if your ancestors could see the way you were talking, we come from cultures that deeply, that children are critical, yeah. that we value. You know, I know in your culture and in my culture, children are the world. Yeah. And they can they can do be disruptive. They play. They do yeah. all that bad stuff. Yeah. But we still care for them and love for them. And yeah. not to say that it's not like that in white communities, right. because I know it probably is. But I just always wonder: do do my white colleagues look at my kids and see, you know, a child? Yeah. Or do they see what the dominant culture sees? What the police see? A threat. Yeah. A problem. Yeah. A thug. Yeah. All that dog whistling saying because. You know, these ideas come from someplace, mm-hmm. and we're rooted in a society that says, you know, well, you know, if people of color, we got to give him a chance, right? He comes from this neighborhood, so yeah. give him a chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one of the good ones, right? Right. He's, he works so much harder than everybody else who yeah. rides the same bus as him. It's like we put up this, uh, this sort of idealistic like perfect view of these kids and if they don't meet that then we talk standard we forget about them and we don't acknowledge all of the beautiful gifts and talents that they're Mm -hmm. bringing with them and some of these kids are extremely intelligent yeah and maybe i am a second language learner and so my writing is not always as perfect as solid but when it comes to talking and speaking to people i am just as gifted as anybody else you know and some of these kids are better because i think of of some of my kids who are second language learners who've been acting as interpreters since yeah. they've been in six uh, yep. six years old, yep. right? They they're like, I know the adult world. I go to the bank and I communicate with yep. the adult bankers well, for my parents. I mean, we like we have a student here that schedules all the conferences and that maintains all the communication with the home. And and this this student who is a junior in our school has. A sibling in seventh grade and a sibling in sixth yep. grade. Yep. And so her job is really. And it's to, amazing to watch her. Yep. Navigate yep. all of and the worlds that pull, she's in. And, and, and take care of her own business as well. You know, I think about that level of empathy. And, you know, it's like I, this is my 20th year, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I, mm-hmm. I'm like, I've crossed Congrats over into 19 years. years so it's like, it's like you're 19, but it will be 20 in yep. January because yep. I was a weird hire. But yeah. like. You know, one of the things that I keep thinking of is how fragile our relationships to students of color truly are, um, because so many of them have been alienated by the educational process, or they have friends or family members who have been alienated from the from the educational process. Very few of the young men of color I started high school with actually finished at our high school. Yep. Now, some of them may have changed schools, yep. but... But all we knew is that there were eight men of color who walked on graduation mm-hmm. day in 1994. That was a long time ago. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but, but so, uh, you know, these young people of color come into our hallways with a lot of suspicion for what's happening, and that trust is very easily violated. And, um, and I think about students we've had in the past who are just sort of pigeonholed into this role mm-hmm. of, like, that's a – that kid's a do-nothing. They this don't do anything. This is what this kid's going to be like. Uh, matter just of fact, like his brother, fa- just like his matter sister. Matter of fact, years ago, 
um, when I was a new teacher at a school, I remember one of the veteran teachers coming to me asking to see my class list and going through the class list and making a little X mark next to all the bad kids. Ugh. And most of those bad kids were kids of color. And it was just a really interesting thing where I was like, that's interesting. And, and for me, I don't need that information. I don't need to know who's misbehaved and who hasn't because I feel like it clouds my judgment, judgment. for that's that right. kid. You know, and I have, I have a – man, I have a kid. He's doing everything he can to graduate yes. and um, didn't come to my class for a bunch of weeks, yep. right? Yep. And, uh, and I was so frustrated, you know, that I was exchanging emails with counselors. They were also very frustrated. Yep. Everybody's yep. really yep. frustrated yep. with yep. this young person. And then when he came to my class, I just I, I something just switched in my head where I just kind of said, "Hey man, I'm glad you're here." And I said, "Listen, you don't have a lot of wiggle room. You've missed a lot of class. Um, you don't have much opportunity to like miss any more yep. and still get credit for this class. I know you need every credit." And then and then I said, and it just kind of flew out of my mouth. I said, "But if you take two, one step towards me, I'm going to take two steps Six towards you, like." And like whatever you aim to do in this class, I'm going to support you. And it was one of those things where I had the opportunity to just like bury him more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I don't know, like maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is a young person who's going to see that as weakness and kind of be like, I can do whatever I want, you know, but maybe not. But again, like your mentor says, your mentor, you know who I'm talking about. Yep. Uh, she always says, when they bring the darkness, you bring the light. Bring the light. And to me, when you're describing that, it's like, I'm there for you. I, yeah. I get it. And I think, you know, for some of our kids of color who are uh, disenfranchised and who've made some bad decisions, yeah. right? Who've put themselves, part of the biggest fear, and I can remember back when I was in high school and I'd made mistakes, is coming back. Is, is like, yep. I haven't been to this class yep. in three weeks. And everybody yep. knows I haven't been to this class in three weeks. Or when you just came How back. How do you react? So, yeah. so when I come yeah. in, it's like, oh, Mr. Adams, so good to see you. I'm glad you finally decided to show up. You know what that tells me? I'm like, okay, guess what? It's like, that was the last time you will probably see me. I don't, I don't and we go all have those again. students. Because yep. they're like, you called me out. Everybody was on me. Yeah. Right? And do, do teachers always realize that, you know, sometimes it's that little stuff. That is the difference between a kid saying, I'm going to stick with it yeah. versus being there. You well, know, Because they, they think about our personalities. They think about what we think of them. And and I think because so many of us were on the receiving end of those kinds of things. I mean, I remember coming back from an in-school suspension yeah. to a class where I got in trouble. Yes. And I just remember feeling so small when I returned to that class. Everybody's and looking at everybody's you. Looking everybody's looking at me. Every interaction with the teacher was very fraught and and I came from I was raised by a teacher yeah, so yeah. so I was probably more amenable to to the te to to a classroom than a lot of yep. my my sort of classmates of color and and even then it was like I got to be really careful here and I think that I think that this is not to say that relationships with white students are not important. Those are extremely they important are. because, again, our work as teachers of color is also important to them because we may be the only teacher of color That's that right. they get. And we have so much power to help them see us, to see our communities as different because we might be the only ones. Now, kids who had you last year and have me this year, man, we down. We got they, co-conspirators. They, 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 they <laughs> right? roll it. They're but, like, okay, I'm starting to but see. But I think that... I think that because the system has been friendlier to many of them, yep. the relationships are more resilient. 
you can have a bad day with some of these kids. That's right. And an apology goes a really long way. By the way, y'all, if if you are wrong, apologize. Apologize. Please to apologize. Kids. It doesn't. It, it means so much it to the kids so to do much. that. You know, and but we we got one little dude in common. Yes. Um, me and this little little eleven year old. One of the cutest little homies we you've ever seen. Fight every day every he got mad at me the other day because are yours bringing all this slime to class yeah i so i've instituted a slime rule quarter size fidget piece of slime is allowed so they come so to they me can't and have like, the kinds that come yeah, to the so table so they, man they i had a bubble i had down. a bubble of slime on my table they the other day pack it down and they'll be like <laughs> is this a quarter size and i'd be like a part of me wants to bring a little scale and be like okay you are allowed. Now you're gonna have to put weight yeah, on yeah, that some sort of I don't know. It's getting more complicated. But like when I was like quarter size, quarter size. If it's so big that it's distract, <laughs> and then they want it from other people, and I told him I was like, I will throw it away. Oh, I would, man. and I get, I get it because my daughter is a slime fanatic. <laughs> I've told her though that slime better never, ever, ever, ever never, go to school. Ever, ever, ever I, dog, go to I thought, school. I thought they were doing it in science class. No, so I didn't say anything for like a it. week. They were doing and it last year in science it. class. Oh, now they, God. now they buy it. But I'm like, I get it. I get it. It's a fun little yeah, fidget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if it's so much, I'm like, you just got to Well, then they, like, get it all over the place, and then they're like, can I go wash my hands? on their papers. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, so why like, are these papers stuck together? So I took, I took this young man's slime, and I told him I was going to throw it away. Because yes. I'd already, like, yeah. you know, that's that's me, like, coming down hard yes. on a kid. So I threw it away. He comes in today. He's like, do you have my slime? I was like, no, nah, I threw it. He's like, you owe me $2. And we start, like, Go arguing. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm oh, having an argument with an 11-year-old. Um, and then ten minutes into class, we're fine. Like, and it's just like one of those things. And I and I really like. It's hard, dude. Like, and we're not trying to preach at y'all. Like, you don't know this, yeah. or like we're superior yeah, at this. No. I, my relationships with some of these young people, like, will just change every ten minutes. It, they like, tested me. They they, they do, and I don't me. think they even know that they're. I testing have to pull you. back and be like, okay. Some are blatantly. I gotta pass you. this test right yeah. now. Yeah, and so it's kind of like you know, it's kind of like okay. We had a rough day. We had a rough 10 minutes. We had a rough three minutes. Um, am I going to hold that against you or I'm going to let you start new with every inter interaction that we have? And I think that's one of the hardest things for us teachers to do because we have to have control. That's right. We have to have control. We don't want to look weak and that's valid. Like I get it. But at the same time, like if if I've like fallen down on any of my responsibilities to you as students, I, I feel like I need to admit I it. Apologize. Because when we think about you know, you always talk about when we're in our in our PDs about the importance of modeling and not just modeling reading and writing and all of those like how we hard behave, skills. How we treat each but other. Yeah, modeling how we treat people and modeling how we handle it when we're wrong about something and how we model it when we said we were gonna do something and we didn't. You know, what they are watching us. They are watching us, and they are going to replicate what we do in our classrooms. That's, right. That's why I always say, when we, we're like, what's wrong with these kids? Uh, my point is always, what's wrong with these adults? Yeah. You see the society. We have a society that that emphasizes greed, selfishness. Uh, I'm right. You're wrong. Uh, I'm yeah, better than you. Especially my now, perspective man. Especially is better now. than you and more important than you and the things that I say. And, and it, it reinforces itself through like this this domination of power and you hear it, you see it in kids I don't know if you've noticed this with the sixth graders where they will try to assert their power in classroom and they will do it in this negative way like telling kids to shut up or yep. that they're going to give them detention or that that it's all punitive yep. and what I realize when I'm hearing that when I pull back is I'm like this is what they think it means to be an adult yeah. this is what they think it means to be a teacher and in charge and it's never 
you know, we're never hearing, or I rarely hear people kind of emphasizing their power through compassion. Yeah. That, you know, I'm going to be compassionate, yeah. dude, because I have all this power right now, and yeah. my power is to care for you. Yeah. Because you're down, you're hurt, and I see my, that. My power is to be maybe the only person that you see all day who has an irrational, enthusiastic belief in you. That's it. You know, that's based it. on no evidence. That That's happened with, like, one of my students that, you know, you get to that point where you're like, oh, my, man, if I just invested so much in this student, I'm going to look dumb for supporting this yeah. student. And then they turn a corner, and, and it makes such a big difference. And I think, you know, it's, it's the big picture. It's what I'm thankful for in my life is that I had those people who believe at times when I didn't, and I think what we don't realize is, is, our kids of color often suffer from really low self-conceptions yeah. of themselves yeah. and what they can do and what they're capable of and are, like you said, is my perspective valid? Yeah. Am I valid? Am I important? Yeah. And, you know, like with my, my own children, I try to let them know you are so important. Yeah. And with my students, uh, you are important. Yeah. It's important that you're here. It's important that you're in class. Yeah. You have important stuff to say. Yeah. It's important that you carry yourself with respect and dignity. Yep. Right? It's important that you get your studies because in the end, you are important. Yeah. And I think we just lose out on that. Yeah. So many of our kids feel like I'm not important and yeah. I don't matter. And it's like I mean, I, I got a kid that comments that he's ugly every day. Every single day, and you probably would know who it is. And every it single breaks day, breaks breaks your and, heart to hear. Kids and and it's like in a joking way. And at first, there were a couple of times it was sort of funny. But I'm kind of like, I wonder if this young individual looks at his at his little brown face in the mirror. It says, I don't like, like I it. did once. I don't like it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I always try to say, you know, none of us likes what we look at in the mirror, man. It's yeah. like, that's just, we've yeah, been looking but, at the but same but face again, forever. There's, but there's other deeper stuff. And, and it's yeah. clear in our communities, you know, when we think about straightening hair and extensions and not wearing yeah. your hair naturally yeah. and skin lightening yeah. and all of these other Dying things. Dying your hair blonde. You know, uh, going by an Anglo-sized name, to yeah. doing whatever I can. Yeah. To make myself, it's like it's like fit that in. was one of the things that really stood out in my life. Like we were talking, remember our Hollywood episode? Yep, yep. And with Jaime Escalante, like there's that moment where he's taking attendance and he says uh, he's reading the list. He goes Francisco Garcia, and uh, and the the kid raises his hand. He goes, um, that's Frank, Frank. Garcia, and he looks at him. He says. Okay, well, when I say Francisco, you answer, okay? <laughs> and so it was like one of those things. I mean, and I had a shout-out to Bruce Bassoff, my professor, who was the reason I started going by my full name yeah. because he told me with a name like that, you should not be going by this name. Come <laughs> on, man. He's like, my name is Bruce. Like, like, I, I, would, I, got, I would die I for Kevin. a name like yours. If my name was Mustafa. Yeah. <laughs> if my name was, <laughs> like, there's a reason why my son's name is Takari, right? Go ahead and tweet it, uh, Kevin Mustafa. Go ahead, Mustafa. Mustafa Kevin. You know? <laughs> Mustafa. Change it, Kev X. Something. Yeah, yeah. You know, but but there's something that means something to that, you know. And and I felt like, at times, I think about this all the time. That that there's so many like when I hear people who come from immigrant backgrounds or from really diverse cultural yeah. backgrounds, and they talk about being able to understand like as adults. Yeah. You know this beauty of like oh well my mom would make this or, yeah. or you know yeah. and, and and it meant so much to me. That sometimes, you know, I distance it because, you know, at my house, sure, we were making sure. chitlins. Yeah. And, like, you don't want to go to school and be like, oh, what did y'all do? They made chitlins. Yeah. 
Well, uh, what was chitlins? My house stank. <laughs> I remember <It's> pig intestines. <laughs> they were cleaned I remember, out. I remember. The, I remember. Do you, you remember tell white person that they're like what? <laughs> unless they're from the south. Unless they. It's the same thing with like menudo. Yeah. You know, it's like and what? and half the Mexicans can't eat menudo, which y'all need to quit it. <laughs> eat your menudo. It's eat good for menudo. you. Great for tests. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it's like. Did you do you remember seeing the word chitlin spelled out for yeah. the first yeah. time? <laughs> I'm like, what is a chitterling? <laughs> But what is a chitterling? Folk, like my mom was always chitterlings. This will be chitterlings. I was like, oh, no, yeah. that's it. It's like I have a friend who uh, who was talking about scrimps, right? And yeah. they're like hanging around, and someone asked him, "Scrimps, huh? Scrimp. How do you spell that?" And he said, "S H R I M P, scrimp." <laughs> they were like, "Wait!" And it's like, "Wait, but that's not. There's no. Okay, stop." But. But yeah, so I mean, I think I think that is an important like, and one of the things that I I'm, I'm always thinking about like, what are the little things I can do every day that are better than what I did yesterday? And at Ron Brown High School, they refer to the, those young men at that school as kings. Like they, when they talk to them, excuse me, young king, young, young king. king, can I speak to you, young, young king? king. Um, good morning, young kings. You know, here you are, and there's there's no girls in the school, so yep. we're not yep. excluding. Yep. 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 And so I was like listening to this thing, and I'm like. Well, that's something I can do tomorrow. I can stand up in front of my, my classes and say, welcome to class, my young kings and queens. Kings and queens. You know? And you come from royalty. You do, you, all you, of you. You know? And, and we're not saying and it. Even and even if you we don't. ain't saying it in this way, like, nah. everybody's coming from kings and queens. We know that. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is when you're growing up a person of color, you don't always realize that there is special stuff about your heritage. Yeah. And that it might not always be documented in history books. We might not talk about, oh, this great queen and yeah. that great queen, but you learn about yeah. it eventually. But that's who we are. Yeah. And we come from civilizations and people and cultures that valued family. Yeah. Valued culture. Developed yeah. different ways to express it, the most well, unique and, and art to. in the world came yep. from our cultures, yeah. right? And in, and in particular, when it comes to like innovative cultural artistic political expression comes from breaking those rules you and i were talking to a student earlier about breaking the rules um yes we are encouraging people to break the rules but but like you know we're talking about this great book out there our elementary middle school teachers and actually i read it to my high schoolers today and they loved it um it's uh it's about chef roy Choi. y'all may know him from the uh what's the 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 kogi truck the kogi truck the one that uh suppose that that is alleged to have launched the food truck revolution yes they created helped to create the korean taco so but but my, now my Mexican brothers and sisters would be like, "Sorry, we had loncheras <laughs> decades, before that. decades they before that." Decades before that. That's it right. Together. But that, but that's the beautiful thing is that here, here's Roy Choi, this, um, this like this really highly trained chef who's a Korean immigrant who like decides he's gonna break the rules. He's like, "I'm gonna go make street food and I'm gonna blend all this stuff that people wouldn't think to blend." And it's it's like like. To me, he's a great story of a young king, right? That's right. Because if you are a king or a queen, you shape your own destiny. That's right. You dictate the terms on which you are going to interact in the world, and you bring what you have to the world, not wait for the world to bring you things, right? And so I think that when when I say that, I'm like, you know, y'all, there's so much possibility in front of you right now. You just have to be willing to break the rules. And yeah. by the rules, I don't mean the cell phone rule. No. I mean the rules about what you are allowed to do with Who your life. Who you're supposed to be, where you're supposed to be, what classes are you supposed to be in, what classes aren't you supposed to be in. Yeah. Right? How, uh, you know, I love Lupe's lie. You teach him you can still graduate from school and still let your pants sag. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I can graduate. I can get through all this stuff and do all your work. Yeah. But I also think about Ta-Nehisi Coates and... Um, 
why can't I think of the book? Is it a beautiful struggle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. he talks a, a lot when he's writing to his son. He, I, I want you to be a master of your universe. Yeah. Right? Like white kids grow up with this idea that I can do anything. I can be whoever I want. Doesn't matter what comes of it. And so they're willing to take risk in life and try things. And I think kids of color, we and, – and, you know, I think people of color, this is partly on us too because we be, we raise them and we say you got to protect yourself. Uh, you got to protect. Tanahesi mentions this. You got to protect your body because my biggest fear is they're gonna do yeah. something and take yeah. your body yeah. away, and I can't have that. I can't. Your mother can't go through that. I can't go through that. Yeah. You know, we don't. I don't want you to be Trayvon. I don't want you to have these. I don't want you to be Mike Brown. But what we do when we do that to kids, it. It pulls them in and it says, you got to quiet down. You got to push it down. Go with the flow. Yeah. Be, be part. Go go with the flow. Think about it, you know. I think, and, I think you're talking about Between the World and Me, Between right? the World and Me, yeah. yeah. That's because I was like, I haven't read Beautiful yeah. Struggle. But no, Between yeah, yeah, the yeah. World and Me. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. It, but um, I always say that wrong. Between Me and the World. Is it between the world, the world and me. The world and me. I always say it wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but, but he goes off, you know, and I, I had this realization. I'm like, we do. Like, I do close my kid, my own children. You know, and I'm like, when you're a person of color, you can't act that way. You can't say that. Yeah. You can't go out there and do this. Right? And I wonder, how often are white kids told that they can't? Yeah. yeah. You know, or you shouldn't do this or don't. You know, I know they're well, that's, told you don't behave this yeah. way. But and that's but that's privilege is knowing that. You can act that the rules are a starting point and they're flexible and they can be manipulated. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Like I feel like and – I, and I teach an AP class and I see this firsthand. I feel like I am more likely to have a white student approach me and say, hey, I know this thing was due tomorrow. Like but it, you know, I've had some stuff going on. Can I turn it in on Thursday? And I think that is a perfectly fine yep, conversation yep, yep, to yep. have. Where it becomes inequitable is that – Kids of color disproportionately don't we'll feel do like that. they can do that because they feel like there's a rule and you have to follow the rule. And I, this is maybe I'm projecting a little bit, but like for me, I'm like, well, I didn't plan or I should have known, and it's it's I on, put me. It on me. They're gonna be mad and at it's me. It's on me. They're How gonna does be it mad look at me. if the one black or, or, kid doesn't have his yeah. work? And so it becomes a matter of I don't want the white kids to stop coming to me when they need flexibility. I need the brown skin kids to feel like Understand they can come to me. Understand that everybody has the opportunity to ask for this flexibility. They do. It's part of advocating well, like, for yourself and, and having is, agency. Yep. And this is another place where we can promote equity. Like, like we can promote equity by helping kids navigate that kind of system. And I felt like I had to get up in front of my AP class today and say, guys, a few of you are really far behind and you have not come and talked to me. I need you to come and tell me what's going on. Like, I'm going to come find you, but I need Speak to hear to from you. when I come to and, talk to And you. when we have things like deadlines, right? And I think about this a lot because there are certain things in our school that require deadlines. Yep. Um, and this isn't any school. Yep. So you yep. want to join certain organizations, become part of certain Grand efforts. College applications. But I mean, even just... Just to join things within yep, the yep, school yep, to become yep. part of these programs. I could think of, well, I, I won't say specific ones, but I had a student come to me, um, one of my 11th grade advisees, and she was like, I really want to do this program. I've been really scared through the last couple of years, but I really want to do it now. Like, like, but I'm scared. I was like, well, you should apply. You should absolutely do it. Yep. And I will, I will email the sponsor and say, this is an individual you need to have. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that this young person did not complete the application, mm -hmm. did not turn it mm -hmm. in. And, um, but I remember the sponsor saying to me, well, I, I just, yeah, just tell them to get the, the application yeah. in. So what happens when they don't? I and you know that this kid is somebody who will contribute. And it's like, okay, 
So, because this is not a student who's going to come to you and say, look, I know I missed a deadline, but I really yep. want to do but this. I really Can I still apply? They're going to be like, I missed a deadline. I blew it. I messed up. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think that's the difficulty because, like, if we're looking to work towards equity, we say to that student, look, I noticed you didn't turn in that application. It is noon now. If you can have it in my hand by 4 o'clock this afternoon, then I will – you can't. Can you have it in my hand by tomorrow morning? Do you really want to do this? And we recognize that these are the places where we can really leverage equity. It's not about just being nice to kids with all the same expectations. It's about understanding how badly do I want this kid to succeed. Yeah. And I think about that a lot um, it, You know, when it comes to how do we truly accommodate these young people. Yeah, I think that's that's the that's the number one question. I mean, you know, with that kid, and I think I've said this before that you do a great job of AP kids and getting them into the class and saying you got to try it, you got to try this, you got to yeah. put forth the effort, you got to be here and and just experience. <laughs> it was like it last once. year there was a student who um, I I gave her her AP summer assignment mm -hmm. and she honestly thought it was a mistake. She's like why are you she, giving this to me? She's like oh no I'm not taking AP. I'm like yes you are. Yeah, you are. And she's like no I'm not. It's not on my schedule. I'm like yes it is. And she's like, but no, but I, you know, I'm, I have all these other activities and I've got sports and I've got, and one of her classmates who was in the class turned to her and said, don't bother. Don't bother. When, when Munoz wants you in the class, Here. you're in the class. Like Here. you're just going to be in the class. But I, I think that's what we, at, at times we have to realize that some of our kids of color to get more equity, they need that. They need yeah. us to take that extra step and say, I need you in this club. Yeah. You're joining this club. Yeah. You're going. Yep. Right, you. This yep. is what you're doing. Yep. Right. I've got some kids of color who are doing, um, um, doing uh, credit recovery. Yep. I was like, you got to go do it. Just go do it. Just go do it. Just go. Do, nope. And I'll <laughs> argue with you like I'm your daddy. Yeah. Or your mama. It's good. We don't have to call them because they spend too much time working. That's right. That's right. But if if I have to yell at you and we're gonna have a big argument, I'm okay. I got yeah. kids. Yeah. I can, we can argue because I still love you and care about yeah. you. And if it was my that's child right. sitting up here, I wouldn't let him tell me some nonsense. Yeah, that's I would, right. That's I, right. I, that's not how my parents raised me. To do, yep. they were like, look. Yep. That's absolutely right. This is the standard I set for you. I don't yep. care who else and what else is going on out there in the world. This is what I set for you. Yep. Right? And and that's my ultimate, my approach with my kids of color is, yeah. is that this is the, I get it. Yeah. Life's hard. Yeah. But you're important. You got to do this stuff. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's why you got to do it. Yep. So you, you're going to get this stuff done, you know, and, and pushing the kids and, and being able to be forceful, right? And yeah. we talk about the warm demander, and we had that meeting where, oh, that's right. where, <laughs> I, where the faculty was like, well, I can be the warm demander. And I was like, hold on, everybody. Yeah. Pause. Grandma can be the warm demander because <laughs> grandma loved me. Yeah. Grandma was there for me when I fell down, yeah. scraped my leg, yeah. made yeah. me all my little food that I needed, did everything. So when grandma gets in me, yeah. I could deal with it. Yep. My my white teacher who's known me for three weeks, Yeah. you start warm demanding on me? Yeah. It's going to be a problem because <laughs> you are not the same. Yeah. Now, if you spend time with me, I believe in you, then I guess you, I know you tell me whatever. You tell me whatever. I got a white student who I tell, I'll break it down to him. Yeah. You know, he follows me around. Yeah. I let him know. <laughs> when he ain't holding it down, Yeah. he gets mad at me. He was like, I want to write my college. I said, how dare you tell me to do tomorrow? I said, do it. <laughs> <laughs> Quit crying and do it. He got it all done. The, all that time, you could have just done it. Just do it. Yeah. Quit crying. Quit stop all this. You know, and so I think how we approach it, how we deal with these kids. So it's like, let me bring you in. 
You're, you're mine. You're, I own you. You're my, you're my baby. Yep. I love you. Yep. But guess what? You're my baby. I love yeah. you. Yeah. And so if I love you, I ain't let you mess up. I ain't let yep. you fall off. I'm not let you give up. Yep. When you're this close. Yeah. Right? If it's the That's application. That's right, because you're seniors. <laughs> yeah, you're this close. I ain't yeah. let you give up. Yeah. You look, you go fill out that application, turn it in, you join in this organization. Yeah. Let me matter of fact, hand me the application. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna fill it out. I'm filling it you out. Tell for you tell me what I'm gonna put. You I'm tell like... me what I need to write on here. <laughs> No, I mean, and I think that's the thing, and I think if you project that forward beyond high school, like, this is also a reason, and and I've talked about the pipeline problem when it Mm -hmm. comes to teachers of color, like, we have all these organizations, all these foundations, researching, pouring all this money, like HuffPost just had an article about all this money going into teacher preparation programs from, like, Gates and from these other places, of course. but what's happening is that we're putting a whole bunch of money into a system that doesn't work. It doesn't work when it comes down to getting teachers of color in the door who can who can access kids that way, right? The way that we're talking about right here and who can also access each other. Because there's so many times, man, that like when we, when when stuff gets hard, I come to you, I come straight to you because I know like, again, love the people I work with, um, but I feel like with you, you've been down a similar path that I've been down huh? from, from the cradle to now, <laughs> right? And so like, and so, you know, hard enough, yo, if you are the only teacher of color in your school, like shout out to you, get connected with us That's because it. because it. it's just like, it's so hard otherwise. And, and I think that, so what we're doing is we're putting all this money into developing teacher preparation programs, and but we're still, we're still maintaining an antiquated system. We've Once talked you're there, before. how many te- how many same people stuff. of color can just not work for a semester so they can go to a classroom every day like a job and not pay rent? And then you know a bunch of programs locally don't even quote unquote let their candidates yeah. work. It's like how am I supposed to pay bills now? If you come from an upper class upper middle class family, middle class family, you can say, mom, dad, I'm just gonna stay in your basement. Easier to that, navigate, you know. Or I've probably married somebody of means, and That's so right. like, well, then my husband, wife will go ahead and work, and I'll just do this, and it'll be a little tight, you know. Yeah, maybe yeah, but, I, but Star- I can Starbucks, make it. I can be make okay. It. Uh, people of color are less likely to be able to access that system and are more dependent on getting a paycheck. We just know this. And so when are we going to make the doorway wider and to say, you know what, if you come from an underrepresented community, we're going to move hell and high water to get you into the classroom. This is like really important. Um, so I was listening to the Intercepts. Yep. Uh, uh, yep. Intercepted. Uh, Shout podcast. out to Jeremy Scahill. Jeremy Scahill. Jeremy Scahill. And a, the last episode was white stuff. I can't wait to listen to the next one oh, because wow. Canada is racist too. <laughs> so oh, I, I saw that. Like, I, I gotta check that, that one out. Yep, yep. But in white All stuff, y'all who want to go to Canada. They talk about <laughs> the history and the structural inequities that are a result of slavery. Yeah. And the fact that black people today, I think they said something, and I'll, I'll probably misquote the statistic but control like one percent to two percent of all the wealth in yeah. the country yeah right that's all bob, so, that's all bob johnson and right that is a huge <laughs> overall effect on your ability to get ahead yeah. yep. when you don't control wealth when you don't have any assets you can't get ahead and so when we ask these questions you know we go to uh the meetings in our districts and people are having all sorts of great well how can we people. recruit and, how can we recruit and, and uh, retain teachers of color if you you are not willing to address the 
the structural inequities that prevent people of color from engaging well, yeah. in this study to become teachers, yeah. you're not going to get there. So what does that look like? Maybe it looks like well, we could bring up the R word, yeah. reparations, yeah. right? So maybe we have reparations for black people who want to be teachers, That's right. That's right. right? And, and we're not saying, again, this is where people get it mixed up. They think reparations means that I get my check. And White people out there, I would love to get a check. I think that's highly <laughs> if you, unlikely. If you have a check. I have. I feel like I, we're not to that hey man, point. I, I think I have a dollar and quarters in my room, man. I'll hook you up. All right, sure. hook me up. I'll hook mark you, you off. I'll oh. mark you. I'll Even mark though, you and down. I want to point out, my people never owned slaves here. Um, probably elsewhere, but not here. But again, but if you, you know can't deal with that, those issues, yeah. then we will never get beaten. Well, because you're a, arguing about something. You're like, oh, it's racism. It's just uh, education. Helping people understand. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's some bigger stuff because we've been educated. We, 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 as Curtis Mayfield says, overeducated fools from undereducated <laughs> schools. Yeah. Right? That's what we got. Yeah. So we got people who got education. They can tell you racism is wrong. Yeah. But yeah. it's like, what am I doing to make sure that this young black man or this young uh, black woman or this Latino man or Latina woman can access it yeah and be part well, and, and 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 get what they deserve right right, right? In, in a capitalist world money goes a long way right and so that's the thing that always like stuns me in the most capitalist nation in the world when people are like well we can't just throw money at the problem i'm like we have thrown money at everything, throw money else. At everything else we throw money at everything else and you know paying somebody's tuition that is a real solution to a problem. Uh, giving somebody a stipend, stipend while they are, and not just if they have straight A's, like if they demonstrate that they want to be teachers, they want to be. They teachers. get a stipend. You pay their rent. It doesn't have I to be a lot of money. Sure. Pay that rent. I would make sure you, you know, get there. And and I think that we we lose sight of the fact that things cost money. This stuff costs money, and it is a big sacrifice for for people of color to go into this. And why wouldn't a twenty two year old right out of college take a seventy five thousand dollar job consulting somewhere, working in corporate America, over six months of no pay, to start at forty thousand? <laughs> You know, and, and I realize that's a question of, of the big picture of yeah, teacher yeah, compensation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the very least, we got we, we if, have to level the If you're the spending money to fly to Atlanta, to fly to Chicago, to yeah. fly to New York, to yeah. fly three people from the district out to talk to black man, people who live in a man. community that they could already be teaching, people of color who live in a community where man. they could already be teaching, to yep. say, do you want to come to Denver? And I'm like, I'm coming to Denver. What's Denver like? <laughs> oh, wait, oh, heck no yeah, man do exactly. you see all these white folks <laughs> versus i could have gone to the east side of denver yeah. to the west side of denver yeah. and said do you want to be a teacher at abraham lincoln high school you want to be a teacher at Abraham? you went to abraham lincoln you yeah. love Abraham. you you have been a lancer for your whole yeah. life you've been over here at manual yeah. yeah you 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 get it yeah how about this option what if i were to tell you that we got you yeah, we or at least I got you a stipend. Yeah, I I make sure that when you do that year of teaching, yep. that you 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 can afford we'll, we'll a place show that to flexibility. stay. Yeah, you stay at the dorms. We help you up. We got the teacher dorm. This is a nicer dorm. Yeah, because we want to say that we are the premier school and getting teachers of color 
into I mean, if positions that, if, and keeping them. Right. And if the and every research study, like I, you and I kind of laugh because every now and then I'll text you. I'll be like, hey, look, another study yep, showing we yep, need teachers yep, of yep. color. <laughs> this is one of the big factors that could lead to student success. And creating a community of teachers of color through these programs could be something that, that could be really powerful and meaningful. It's, it's an incredible thing. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's just crazy. Like, and, and that is how you get retention. That's how you get all of those things, you know. It feels good to be a part of it. Yeah. And to, to say that I'm valued. Yeah. And, and that I'm, I'm so valued that I was recruited. Yeah. Right. And I don't say, I'm not saying recruit me. Like I'm not like a, a left-handed pitcher. Yeah. I'm not like an amazing soccer player. Yeah. Don't recruit yeah. me like a football. But, yeah. but if, if I've got that and if this is really important, it, live by your words live if it's really words. important that's right put your money where your mouth is that's right that's if right. it's really important if you believe that there should be teachers of color put your money where your mouth is it's it's true and and i think there are so many things that i mean it's just good for the entire community when when that's able to happen so um yeah crazy stuff man so yeah once again so we do have other things that we had put on the agenda here here's the thing <laughs> Uh, I'm losing my voice. <laughs> yeah, it's getting kind of, I notice it's getting darker. It's getting a little dark out there. Um, so what we're thinking is, uh, is that next time we're going to come around, we got some big things coming we got up. Big so stuff. I feel like we need to get back behind the mic within the next week yeah. uh, because we've got school board elections that are extremely really important. Really important, folks. Um, really important. You know, and, uh, and shout out to Julie Banuelos, the two, do two dope Julie. candidate. She's got that two dope um, endorsement. She's maintained herself very well. Uh, you know, kind of against we see you, professional girl. We politicians. We see you doing your thing, making you. moves, we making see, moves we see out you. there. That, I told you they took down our sign, right? Yeah, Man, we had a man. sign for Julie up in front of our house, and I came and my wife came home one day, and she's like, "Our sign's in the back. Did you move Did it? You move I didn't it? move it. Uh, did your mom move it? Nope, mom didn't move it. Is there a policy? No policy. So I went and I and I put it back out there. It's like I'm not breaking any rules. Why? Here, so why can't I have up. this sign out? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. It's funny. Uh, so we got school board elections coming up. Uh, we do want to take some time and and talk DACA here yeah, yeah. in in the next few this, days. This is a big deal. Um, mass walkouts on September fifth. It, yes, it was beautiful. It really was. It was a beautiful moment. Shout out to our administrator. Yes, who led kids. That's who, right. Who 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 put her money where put her mouth where money is. And did you know that there was one administrator in our entire district that spoke up? Um, on behalf of DACA, and that was ours. That was ours. And that's one of those things. Shout out. That's one of those things that you know you don't realize how powerful your words can be. Um, but when one principal in the entire city um, stands up and says we have to come up with something, and um, that and, this is important. Yep. And and others followed suit, and I think it's and it made our kids feel. Oh my gosh! Loved and compassionate and cared for. That's right. You know, and, and that they understood that they ain't in this alone. Yep. That they have a community of people who support them, and so like co-conspirator, yeah, co-conspirator, taking those risks. Look, well, it is a big risk. If Absolutely. you have privilege and you're in a position where they can call you out, but they ain't gonna call you out as much as they might call me out. Yep. And don't make me Come ask. Don't ask me, me what I need. You know what I need. You know what I need. I need you, know? you to raise your voice. But sometimes ask. You might want to ask me. Hey, can I do ask. this? Can yeah, I step yeah, yeah, in? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Would this be appropriate? Yeah. Would this for be sure. appropriate? For do you sure. do you need this support? Yeah. So I mean, we have a lot coming up. You know, we have um, some young people that participated in a multi-year process of designing a school. Yep. Uh, they have agreed to come on at yes. some point, and so we got to yes. get them talking about what kids think about how we should build schools and how we should put that all together. A um, lot of good stuff going on. 
on, man. Yeah. We, we can't let another month in the and face a half of go all by. the bad stuff. Right? Yep. We can live and, and, and be brought down. My wife is taking a fast from the news because man, she's like, I realized I was becoming depressed. For real. And, and I just, you know, I encourage her and I encourage all my friends. I was talking to another one of my friends. You know, what gives me faith and hope is these kids. Yep. Because, you know, in the face of uncertainty and all that we are living in, you know, they're still coming through, and they're still being themselves. They still got funny jokes. They still got yeah. slime. Yeah, they they still are. <laughs> they're trying resilient, to, and they believe in their ability to learn. to to do something. You know, for sure. Um, the uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's incredible to see them working towards a better world, and, it, and it's definitely what they want. You know. Um, also, we need to get back in the studio before I run this marathon. Yeah. When is that coming up? Dude, it's less than two weeks away. Uh-oh. Yeah, so we're going to – I still have to do my leave paperwork. Um, haven't done that <laughs> I'll yet. I'll get that in. Oh, got to get, get that, that in, in soon. Uh, but, yeah, man, and, uh, run NYC uh, and uh, be my I'm first excited. One. I'm going to be looking. Yeah, it's What's crazy. your costume? Remind us. I don't – Or you don't know. I don't, or you I don't keep know it I, on the, under I, wraps. Well, I don't really have one at this point. you got to have a costume. I can't run in a costume. I thought that's the rules. you got to have a – Man, people who are – already knew that stuff you have no idea like the wardrobe things i'll tell you off mic what kind of clothing issues there are it's like crazy um but no man it's like crazy like i i, I ran 20 miles two weeks ago Good uh Lord. on a sunday Good Lord. and it was just kind of one of those things where it's like it's, it becomes very zen it's like this is just what i'm doing i'm just what gonna, you, that's what i've heard once you I'm get to a run. certain point it's just like and, and my wife was laughing at me because she's like well how far do you have to run this week and this was this past week and i was like oh just 12 just just twelve, you know. So your your perspective definitely. Bro, I don't changes. even like to drive twelve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Bro, no, it's, I don't I'm, even like you know real what, though, I'm not, But I'm not even scared now, man. I'm not even scared. You I got trust it. My you training. built up that. Uh, shout out to the homeboy Sean, who's shout been out. running with me and uh, who's trained me. Um, and who's got me addicted to this stuff? But yeah, I mean, I want to, I want to represent Two Dope in some way. Uh, yeah, be cool if I can get something there. But um, I just need a T-shirt. It's not going to chafe, man. Like, yeah, that's the critical part. Man. You don't want to be halfway through and be like, "This and is burning." Like, this, this stuff is burning. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. Just take me off the course right now. <laughs> Um, but yes, we got that. We got a lot coming up, y'all, yeah. and uh, we really appreciate your patience. Shout out to the veteran listeners who've been looking for us for a while. We bet. Shout out to to our new audience members. People asking us, hey, when are you going to drop another episode? And uh, poor Kev, he's had to make excuses for me. He's like, as soon as soccer's over. So, uh, yeah. As soon as yeah. soccer's over. But that's that other piece of the commitment, which I understand, man. Yeah. It's a, This is season two. This is the, fir- this Wait, is the this first is episode two. of season so, so, two. Te- technically the second, right? Because then we do... Sure. No, it's the first episode <laughs> the of season first two. Episode. That was the finale. That was the finale. It's like, it's of like how the fiscal one. year doesn't really yeah, end this when the year first ends. Episode. Yeah, we, so we've been renewed. I know season two. Uh, we've been renewed by all the people who still don't pay us uh, to do this. <laughs> um, but yo, we, it, it's really uh, it's great to be back here. It's great to be back here with you, That's man. It, man. And uh, and really looking at like like this is not an easy moment in our work. This is not. Um, I'm I'm not like poised about what's going on but but i feel like this is the time to just kind of roll up the sleeves and ready to do that work this and, job is so serious and get these uh so i mean serious. it's a matter of life and death right now like it really is it really and, is um, it is the future it is it is and the present i would say that's right and the past living the dialectic yeah that's right <laughs> so we um you can you can find us on follow us on twitter and instagram yep uh at two dope teachers both of those we're on facebook as well uh like us two dope teachers and a mic and feel free to shoot us an email with any feedback or any ideas that you have for shows um two dope teachers at gmail.com 
gmail.com. Uh, I'm Gerardo Munoz. I'm your poet Kevin Adams. And uh, we're here to just remind you until the next time we talk to you, stay, stay dope. dope.